0: And welcome to a free-range buffalo. Break free from the herd. Today, episode three of Speaking Buffalo. Popular propagandists. Joining me, as my always, my partner in crime, Michael Morris. Good day, Michael. Good day, Bryce. It's uh, nice to... Uh to be back and uh, recording a, another episode. Uh, even buffaloes have to quarantine, I guess. Yeah. Well, it did take us some time to figure out how we were going to manage this face-to-face uh, while still keeping some distance. So uh, no touching. <laughs> I'll try and try and keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, p- popular propagandists. This is a, a, a long time coming. We, we've actually talked about um, propaganda and a lot of the uh influences of how powerful it is, um both in the past, present, and I think even going forward. It's almost like one of those built in conditions of uh modern society.
1: Yeah, I I completely agree. I think it's uh it's not only uh prevalent and everywhere, it's uh in some ways in some ways necessary as well as as a function of uh of modern society. Necessary.
0: That's that's interesting. So why? Why are you saying you think it's necessary?
1: Well, there's uh, there's several reasons why why it's necessary. We can maybe get into that in, in a minute, but sure. but maybe let's uh, let's look at like what propaganda is, and and I think that one, I think people have a conception of, of propaganda being sort of the evil Nazis, Joseph Goebbels, and mm. and they're projecting a message out, and you're being brainwashed to to think and and act this way, and um, that's not exactly what it is. I, it's more of an act of interplay between, uh, the mm. person delivering the message, uh, and the, the person. So it's not so much the evil Nazis or the evil government are dictating to you. It's, it's everywhere. It's an advertising, uh, basically propaganda is to, um, to convince you of a message mm-hmm. and, but it needs a second qualifier, which is to also impel you to act.
0: Oh, wow. So by that rather broad umbrella, that kind of catch-all, yeah, I mean, propaganda is a far bigger phenomenon than just a state tool for some fascist or communist or some other government regime. It's actually a, um, what you're actually doing is effective, what we what we would call today effective marketing. Yes, I'm, I'm. I'm communicating with you, but I'm also. I'm going to need you to do something about this.
1: Yeah, pr- precisely. Because propaganda doesn't work if it's just a message, if if it doesn't compel you to act out based on what the message is. Mm. It, there's no. There's nothing to be done. There's, you know, there's no result. Why did you send out the message? It's. It's got to be. There's got to be an action behind it, and that's usually. Uh, implied in the propaganda, but but without that action, it's not propaganda. It's just someone saying
0: something or conveying a message. Not uh, so. To to get back up to to modern speed, I want to go kind of take that that one step back. You know, sure. uh, when whenever I, I'm like everyone else, I hear the word propaganda, and I you're right. I I think of those firelit rallies uh, in Nuremberg. You know, when you know the, the first propaganda film. Uh, of those firelit uh, rallies, very powerful imagery, um, bringing up a lot of their Norse mythology and 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 building this monolithic idea of Nazism being s- universally accepted and adopted and, and 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 it was effective. So when you see and, and I think that's when the idea of propaganda is becoming a phenomena, it's when it kind of entered into the lexicon. you know look at that but the one thing that always occurred to me it was at the, at the time because it was a contest it was a three-way contest for supremacy in the world for three different ideologies you had western democracy championed by France Britain uh the and America and its assorted allies including mm-hmm. Canada then you had fascism which was represented by you know uh a rampant nationalism of Nazi Germany and uh, and the fascist in Italy and some other satellites around there. And then you have communism, which was, of course, represented by the USSR. And each one, actually, when you take a look at that era, each one was not only just was they, were they competing on the battlefield, they were competing in every front. And one of them actually was about propaganda. Mm-hmm. Effective messaging. Oh, and sorry, sorry, I forgot Imperial Japan. So there's also an Imperial right. context. Because Imperial Japan was also deeply involved in propaganda message within their own culture, trying to explain their own supremacy to justify and explain, rationalize their actions, why they were doing it. So you can take a look of World War II photos. You can go on the Canadian National Archive and take a look at World War II photos um, propaganda of posters, mm-hmm. messaging by, by bonds, s- volunteer for the army, you know, they're very effective actually. Well,
1: we can do it. The Rosie, uh,
0: what is it? Rivet Rosie or. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, uh, the ones I like the best actually, the Canadian ones were the, uh, where it's this boy sitting on his father's lap and saying, where were you in the great war, dad? You know, this, this kind of future <laughs> shaming. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: And, and, and that's, that's perfect propaganda right there because. You know, it, it implies well. You're going to feel this way if if you don't act this way, right? And so, it, whether or not you realize it, you're going to want to your influence to act in the way, in the manner they want you to, because of the
0: negative consequences inferred by by that propaganda specifically. So, so you have those. So, and I think it's, uh, I think it's good to point out. So, not only is like propaganda we think of it as this, but giant evil tool. Well, Every side uses it because what you're trying to do is you're trying to to broadly communicate and broadly influence as many people as you possibly can to act in a certain manner that is required. Now, because the actions of the state can result in some of the most extreme behaviors, like war. Well, war is the most extreme of all human experiences. So that's why we think of state propaganda as being the... The most extreme form of it. And, and really, I, th- I think it's where a lot of people's natural way of stopping their analysis of it. Um, but what, kind of going back, nested in what you were saying, is this concept of a interaction, an interplay, or a dialogue between mm-hmm. the messenger, in, the, in this instance, the state, and the audience. You know, the, the John Q public citizen number one. Okay. And that there's this interplay that it's not, you're not just passively receiving this information that you're actually, yeah, here's the message, but I need you to have to cue in some sort of interaction. I need you to come back with me and and actually have this interaction because otherwise, if you're not compelling an action, um, the whole point's missed. It's been for naught
1: Right. Yeah. It's, I, I think that's, uh, that's a very good point it it's got to be that interplay and and the reason for that that, that lends into the reason why it's it's necessary mm. and i'm going to introduce a strange concept here and i'll i'll first start with not why it's necessary for the state or a larger a company or or the message deliver i'll i'll tell you why it's uh, necessary for the modern individual mm. And the reason for that is is in the society, there's not a lot of opportunities for us to feel like we're fully in control. Um, we get to exercise some autonomy in some of our day-to-day decisions, but ultimately there's kind of an, a nagging feeling at us that we're not totally in in control of our own destiny. There's all these outside powers that are kind of, you know, the government, the, the, the man, mm. whatever it may be. And because of that, uh, you know, a, a man, uh, and I speak man as humankind. Okay, hum- human, human. Um, but I'm going to use man. So, man wants to uh, feel in power and feel in, in control of, of their destiny. And with the increasing meaninglessness of modern life, mm. there is not much to attach to. You can't really sink your teeth into into a meaty thing. So propaganda comes along. What does that do? It inspires meaning in you. Now it's, it, it talks to your beliefs and your ideals. And this message is for you and you alone. But it's not. But you feel that it is. And because of that connection with the message, now you have that interplay. And it's compelling you to act. And it's, that's how propaganda acts on the individual. But it actually... Um, In a sense, the individual seeks it because it gives them some meaning. It gives them something, a foil to rally against their feelings. Um, It allows them to sort of get some of their aggression, their frustration, uh, all of those negative emotions out. It gives them an outlet to do so and can provide sort of a a lightning rod to sort of uh, crystallize those feelings towards. And that's that's why an individual... Um, doesn't seek it per se, but actually requires it on a subliminal level. So there's almost
0: this I think it, what triggers to me is that within nested within each individual person is the is the need to belong or participate in something larger than themselves. Mm-hmm. And what the propaganda tool does, is it creates a forum for someone to buy into or um, make allegiance with a cause that they might not otherwise been part of? So, whether that's it within a marketing campaign, but even going back, by getting them to, to interact with it, it's like them taking ownership of that's it. You've internalized. Exactly some, right. Some yep. some portion of that message you've, you've internalized it. So so let's say it's uh, if you haven't listened to a lot of podcasts, you, I'm sure. Well, if you do, you know about well, listen and, to ours. Well, 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 yeah. You also. I'm, I'm going to give them a free plug, but Harry's razors. I I hear those adverts all the time. Right, right. And but once you once you take it and you and you and you shave, oh, I'm now a brand ambassador.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, that's that's the marketing. That's the uh, very soft peddling way of saying that you're, you're now um, a part of that system. By the way, if you want to be a brand ambassador for free range Buffalo, please go ahead. <laughs> um, we need you. But really when it comes down to the um, brass tax is, is once, once they've taken that ownership and even those small steps, even going back to that interactive portion of it, you know, I'm, you take a look at so, uh, at what they do within the major successful religions. Um, there's a participatory element within mm. it. Mm-hmm. So, in Islam, when they're uh, when they call to prayer, you go down onto your prayer mat, you bow down towards Mecca, and, and and you go through this ritualized prayer. For the Catholics, you 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 bend knee, you make your sign of the cross. The priest in the order of mass says something. Let's say, "Peace be with you," and there is a rep- there's a response from the congregation. And also with your spirit, you are part of something bigger. And even if at the beginning you don't, even if it's you don't believe in your heart, you're still participating because you like even getting up and down on one knee. There, there. Once you're participating, you're already eighty percent there because you're already allowed your 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 body to participate you've already broken down a major psychological barrier. And I think that's the part of that participation is that you can actually break through a lot of someone's defenses by making it easy for them to participate and almost uh, challenging for them to oppose. makes them
1: uncomfortable. Yeah, very much so. I think what you said about religions and being participatory, excuse me, participatory you're welcome is, for that word <laughs> is uh is that yeah there, there's a bit of a buy-in by individuals but if if you look at like uh, any seminar um quote-unquote guru right now tony robbins does this um even some of his hucksters will do this they come up <laughs> they come up and, and when they first get on stage they make the audience get up and they make the audience do certain things yeah and there's actually that's actually uh, one of the first foundation uh, conditioning processes to starting a cult. Uh,
0: <laughs> however, anyway, we'll, we'll leave that alone f- for I wanna, now. But I want to take a pause right there. Everyone listening to us, stand up <laughs> and sit down. High five your neighbor. <laughs> and continue. But uh, but
1: to your point uh, uh, about the religions and, and getting that buy-in, you're getting the action. And, and like you said, it, as soon as someone does one thing towards that goal, they're already committed. Whether or not they buy them fully or not, they mm. they they have subconsciously done that, and so that's how it that's how it acts on the individual.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's funny. So, leaping into the modern age, and and, and you were talking about this that there's this hunger, that this this openness, and I think in, in in the age we're living in, there's this vacuum of meaning you know, the French have a word called ennui, where you almost have to get almost bored of life because there's, no, there's not a lot of chances for genuine participation. Or like Jordan Peterson says, uh, or even uh, Joseph Campbell, if you're into uh, the, the monomyths and heroes of, uh, of a thousand faces, the whole idea of the call to adventure.
1: Mm-hmm. There's
0: very few times we get the call to adventure. And I think where you have, th- that makes a lot of people really open to these um, tools even when they're clumsily executed, for building up a, a rather significant diehard audience, and I think um, one of the things that kind of triggers my mind of a of a modern uh, propaganda, a propagandist um, experience being um, used right now is on the Extinction um, Rebellion. Mm. So th- those fellows are are using uh, the host of, of modern communication tools. Uh, to to explain about the dire nature of, of the climate crisis, that it's, that it's beyond the pale, um, that, in, in fact, um, we're all going to, uh, humanity will be going extinct. There's a huge amount of um, the, the earth that is going to die off, and that action is required immediately. And there's a participatory element to this, you know, first in rallies, and as, as you're starting in the rallies, then you also have a, um, they find out who's the most, open to it, and then you, you they, they graduate up until more and more extreme um, participation up to and including uh, sitting on top of uh, a train in the tubes of, of London waiting to get arrested by the uh, police. Unfortunately, you get beat up by the general public because they want to go to work, which <laughs> is a really funny story that happened about six, eight, seven, eight months ago. Great video. Yeah. But so propaganda... Is is far like how, how you kind of opened my eyes to it a bit is that propaganda is everywhere, yes, and it's extremely successful because it's it's almost talking to us at a deeply foundational level and it's it's taken successful um, elements out of religions mm-hmm. and, and uh, national movements yeah um, that maybe not that were being done by accident or, or maybe not as purposeful and being distilled down into almost a codified um, checklist or manual about how to program a rather significant large slice of people.
1: Well, it, it, it does it does seem that way, and it, it almost has become that. There's almost a checklist, a way to do that. And yet the, the way you, you tie the two together is, is this, and this is how propaganda actually works, is you talk about the religions, you talk about um, the old... Um, States uh, as they were. What that is, though, is is goes back and ties into Joseph Campbell mono myth as well. All of these things were were traditions, were beliefs that society held collectively. And in order to implement a new message, you need to tear those down. And we've seen that, and that's why propaganda is so effective and so prevalent now, is because that we've torn down the common conceptions of society, and we've. We've broken down the traditions systematically uh, and institutions. And you see that now with distrust in government, distrust in, in uh, bankers, distrust in X, right? And, and so you start breaking down the trust and you start uh, throwing, poking holes at the validity of these assumptions that we've made based on our beliefs. If you do that, then you start to uh, question, and then you can be introduced to new beliefs. That's what the the, uh, Japanese did in World War II to the the POWs, is they would slowly, slowly, systematically uh, say, well, Japan's not that bad, and, and they would kind of agree, and then they would slowly push a little bit more, and then they would get a concession, and then they'd push a little bit more, and eventually you had people coming on the POW camps as, a, as PSA announcements saying, Japan's the best, I love it, you know, you, you could have really high-ranking Army officials do that because they con- they conceded once, and once you do that, you keep going down, but they, brought, they had to break down their prior beliefs first in order
0: to implement new ones. So, getting a little less dire than uh, the reprogramming of Japanese internment camp um, victims, which is... An effectively terrifying example, but what I, it makes me think of I'm going to go back to my my old uh, friends, the the eco activists. Is that why they're so open to re living or reactivating the, the 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 druids, the this old pagan uh, belief system? You know where a lot of them look down their nose on traditional. religions judeo-christian even um islam where they you know but and they're willing to keep a little bit of an open eye to hinduism but they're what they're really embracing is this neo-pagan druidism um which for people who are supposed to be embracing science they're still having to bring in some sort of near religious element so kind of what you said okay you you break down your 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 pre-existing um belief system then you but you need something to build your Build on,
1: yeah. Well, I, I think it's this, the structures of any of those things, right? And we, we both listen to Jordan Peterson, so the Mesopotamians, I highly recommend. Mesopotamians have um, a high correlation in their myths uh, to a lot of the biblical stories, yes. Right? And so, my point is, is that structurally, these things are coherent, and so uh, a movement like Extinction Rebellion will fall back on something that's structurally sound because that is how um whatever they're breaking down, they need to replace it with something. But that thing has to be kind of structurally sound to introduce a new idea to the people because if it's not fundamentally
0: lining up with those well, kind of things. So so what you're work. saying it has to reach them at a deep, much deeper level than their than their reason or their mind. So you can't just pump someone in with um data and figures and and tell them you actually have to reach them. So this is why they're reintroducing the Gaia mother earth. So there's elements about this druidic neo-paganism that align with their climate agenda, but because they are, because they have to reject of the previous existing order and belief system because it's a, it's a, it's a rejection of that. They need to introduce something new. And because this neo-paganism is based off of something that lasted for thousands of years. So there's some elements of it that are, structurally on a deeply human, like emotional level. And I think that's, that's really what, what I think, you know, maybe driving towards is, is is propaganda is not a rational, um, exercise. It overpowers your reason and gets right at something even more powerful, which is your emotion, something where you emotionally attach and convince yourself that this is what you were, and, and now you were aligned with it. You are aligned with it. You are now its sponsor. And once that, once you've overpowered someone's reasons and you've got into their, into an emotional response, your ability to direct, channel, funnel, and otherwise um, control actions is actually far beyond what you would do if I was showing you a spreadsheet about why the earth is about to die or why the earth is about to survive, whatever your data and figure, it doesn't matter. And that's why there's a certain, religious element to the environmental movement is because you have to have these emotional connections because otherwise you don't motivate people to act. Exactly. Yeah. You, you have to cut through Uh.
1: to their belief system And it's got to supersede everything else. I I read uh, something from uh, a book a long time ago. It it had an excerpt from the American Marketing Association, which said this. It said there are two forms of effective advertising. One is aspirational. So that would be like Mercedes or a Rolex. These are things that you want to aspire to. And if if you wear a Rolex, it means that you achieved x and whatever that is in your mind yes but but the advertising suggests that you'll be in a suit with a hot girl somewhere cool (laughs) and what you know i need to relax so so (laughs) that's the aspiration marketing and that works but the other one that works is because we're defensive towards our our um towards these messages is you have to make it so dumb that people feel superior to it Ah. and if you feel superior to the product Messaging because you're better than it slides in. So those are like sonic commercials. Or no, it, no, if no, you've uh, ever uh, uh, watched those commercials, that are so stupid.
0: Dude, right? you, why did they do that? You remember the early two thousands when they had the uh, Bud's? Uh, it was a Bud Light commercial. The um, uh, Buds, uh, Oh my goodness! <laughs> the fact you had that was creepy. That was the stupidest advert. But man, that what that's got to be almost twenty years ago. Near Bucks, Holy I mean, smokes! Still
1: remember it? That um, got
0: into my cerebellum yeah
1: and that's exactly why, and that's that's in a sign of effective propaganda. And so Bernays the father of uh, propaganda, said that. Um, you know, and he was arguing that uh, that advertising is propaganda, and, and there's a messaging behind it and all of that. Um, but I, but I think so it's prevalent. We have to be aware very aware of it. Uh, we can't avoid it, I don't think. And uh, I do think that there, there's a lot of tricks being played. I'd love to talk about it a little bit more. Um, but, but just know that, that forces are acting upon you to influence your decisions. And a lot of your decisions you think are yours are not necessarily because of the influence of propaganda.
0: Very well said. Yeah, I think we always say on our, on our show is uh, knowledge is power. You can't get away from people trying to influence you. You live in the world; you are going to be. Tr- people are going to try to influence you every day. We're trying to influence you with knowledge, and 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 trying to get empower people. Okay, so there's a certain amount of influence we're trying to have there, because because we fundamentally believe if you empower an individual, they can be a force for good. So there's some influence there as well. But I would, when I when I look at this as just being when you have your eyes wide open, if you find that something is trying to get evoke an emotional response if it's trying to get you to get into some sort of response like an actual dialogue and i don't mean in words but some sort of response physical or otherwise just let that red flag go up for a minute and just try to have that 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 the thought about looking around the room and saying okay what are they actually trying to get me to do um I've been the subject of propaganda for good and for bad. Um, I I, I can recognize that and it'll happen in the future, but the more I'm exposed to it, the more I can see it. And it's not just the dirty and horrible evil Nazis or the better dead than red commies. It's everyone. This is a actual method of communicating and directing behavior and it can be good and most definitely for evil. So um, any last words, Mike? Uh, I don't have t- too too many.
1: I think we uh, you hit on a brilliant point. Is ask yourself why am I hearing this message? Especially mm. if you're feeling emotional about it, and that you want to comment or you want to text your friends about it or something like that or tweet. Why <laughs> why am I being told this message? And what are the implications? Oh, that's great
0: for all of us here. The free range buffalo. Roam free. Like and subscribe. Tell your friends. If you feel emotional and compelled to act, do so. This is not propaganda.